Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I was so glad the last time Dr. Marcus Bachman was here that we got on a discussion about tough conversations that ran overtime, hyperdrive, all kinds of questions. We had uh, we had to end early because we were out of an hour. So we're going to come back and continue some more uh, discussion on that topic, avoiding uh, tough conversations. Why do we do it? And we're going to invite listeners who have gone through one, or you need some counsel on one, or uh, maybe you've done something that didn't go well and you'd like some advice as to how to do it better, because it seems that we all are going to face tough conversations uh, plenty of times in our life each year, and we want to give you the best kind of counsel and wisdom to do a better job. And I think, Marcus, let me bring you on with your official introduction. Dr. Marcus Bachman is founder and president of CounselingCare.us, amazing practice right here in the Twin Cities, but because of online, you can pretty much talk to him anywhere you live, which is really a nice bonus. Anyway, welcome. Thanks. Always nice to be here with you and Rosie, and you guys did a great setup, I think, uh, for discussion on tough topics this last half hour with uh, Rosie and you and and uh, Pastor David, just on foundations of how to avoid uh, not getting into uh, retaliation. Yeah. Now, part of the conflict conversation is the work that we have to do with ourselves. We have to be ready to go into a difficult conversation. Uh, And if you have emotional energy all over the map, uh, that's not necessarily going to go well. No, I think we need to be uh, understanding of tough conversations uh, really need to have a tough person inside to be able to handle it. Otherwise, we will do even more falling apart or step into a minefield with emotions, with past hurts or current hurts, and that's going to run the train. I think that uh, we will be tempted with uh, doing retaliation versus a way to make resolution, being Mm solution-focused. So, yeah, there's there's a... uh, incredible backdrop to each one of us that we can bring into the uh, situation and, and conversation with. Yeah, Marcus, what are, the, what are some of the things we could say to ourselves in advance of a difficult, tough conversation? Would it be something like, you know, what's my purpose for this uh, conversation? What do I hope to accomplish? Yeah. What, what, what would I like to be the yeah. outcome? Not that you can yeah. control that. And I think, we, I think, Bill, we need to have a plan. We need to understand what is the purpose in this conversation? Mm -hmm. If I'm filled with emotion and I want to have kind of a, you know, an unloading of that, obviously that plan won't get us to the place of reconciliation. It will only get us to a place of kind of vomiting our emotions. Uh, I think we have to have a plan of saying, uh, okay, let me take responsibility. Let me invite the Holy Spirit in. 
Let me make sure that I'm prayed up and I'm ready to have a mature, healthy conversation with what will probably be um, difficult to some degree. Right. Because it involves, um, you know, a trespass. It involves a mistake. It involves someone who has crossed us. And uh, I think we just need to be have a preparation before we enter in and then a plan. So what are some of the when you go into these difficult conversations, you always have to be aware of your buttons being pushed because that can derail things quickly, can it? <laughs> buttons, buttons. Buttons. Yes. What are buttons then? How are they being pushed? But people know how to set other people off. Well, you know, sometimes intentionally and sometimes very much they know what they're doing. They know our weakness, especially the bully in the room yep. or the one that wants to have, I'm going to get on on the uh, haystack first. And you, know, that, you can tell me I'm a farm boy. I can and, tell that. And, yeah. And the whole idea of um, pushing buttons, the other person often knows our weakness. And sometimes even, Bill... I think the enemy is just having a laughing um, approach toward yeah. uh, believers who are trying to have a conversation and are not ready to have a conversation. They are ill-prepared. They don't understand the danger of what's going to happen. And the enemy is feeding us ourselves with self-doubt and the other person with, well, hit that button, touch that <laughs> button. And by golly, Ouch. you know, gasoline to the fire. It really can be um, an incredibly difficult um, outcome. I think our, I, I think will be interesting if uh, the uh, our listeners will give us a chance to, um, how do they um, navigate the waters when they're stormy like this? How do they successfully have a conversation, really tough conversation. Everybody's had them. And there's a lot of reasons why people avoid them. I think I'd like to get into that, Bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it'd be very interesting to hear from our listeners. How have they successfully navigated having tough conversations? And Marcus, how important is it to adjust your attitude for, let's say, maximum effectiveness? I've I've been involved in, uh, you know, ever since our, about a month ago, Bill, I have to say I've had several tough conversations. So I think, and I don't want to do another radio program like this again, because if that's what it means. But I will say I, I've, I came into some very tough conversations with, with, I will say, the right attitude, understanding that, you know, this doesn't mean that I'm going to get what I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, This means that I'm going to do some quality listening. My attitude has to be one of um, I want to understand the other person. I want there to be out of the relationship because that's first and foremost. I want this to come out a win-win if at all possible. It it doesn't mean that it will become a win-win. But my attitude is you have worth, Bill. The other person has to understand that I genuinely think respectfully honor them. And if that's the case, they will probably, not guaranteed, but they will probably be more likely to have a conversation with me and uh, have a resolve. Marcus, when when you are counseling and and there's a difficult conversation going on in your office, how often are discoveries made it's like whoa i didn't know that <laughs> and, you know when you realize that if you have an attitude of discovery and curiosity that's going to be one of the best tools to help you navigate through a difficult conversation 
Well, Bill, I can tell you this. This has happened repeatedly over and over. Um, I will be in a relationship, marriage counseling, whatever the case may be, and I will say something to one that the other person has been saying for years and years and years and years, and it hasn't broken. Mm. It hasn't reached the other person. I say it because somehow a PhD and this diploma on the wall and the and the you have fa- one of those, right? Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah. You know, <laughs> bubblegum machine I got it from, but I have one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Bill, for that affirmation. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for you, Marcus. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and the fact that I said it. I know. I, was, I wasn't the spouse. I wasn't the other person. The fact that I said it, oh, well, that has some... That has some power. That has some, that, you know what? The other person is actually listening. Just think, if we could genuinely listen, what are you saying? Is there truth to what you're saying in this hard conversation? Will I take responsibility? And I have to say that that is a powerful listening of, with both ears, accepting. Uh, and sometimes it's just, it's just, uh, I have to, I have to light the match and say the words. You keep talking about how important it is to listen. So I would imagine it's super important to let uh, your partner talk until he or she is finished. And don't interrupt unless you're looking for additional knowledge, right? Uh, what, What a gift. I think that is often, you know, when it's all said and done, if, if you're not going to listen to me, uh, what's the value of this conversation? If all this is, is you're waiting for the first thing that comes out of, your mouth so that you can retaliate or you can you can uh, debate me uh, versus listening to me, I think very little is going to happen. And one of the keys that, you know, what we do as marriage and relationship counselors is, is give the gift, train the person to give the gift of listening. Powerful, kind, there's a lot of healing that happens when we have been able to tell our story and you genuinely listen to what I have to say. You know, it sounds almost incredibly simplistic and almost like that's it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times mm-hmm. that can be it. Yeah. Very, very interesting. We'll take a little break. When we come back, lots more with Dr. Marcus Bachman. You can go to counselingcare.us to learn more about his practice. And he is available as uh, he and his staff have got appointment times, I'm sure. If you ever feel like you need to have a one-on-one, I'm sure you can uh, check out counselingcare.us. We're talking today about tough conversations. Why do we avoid them? If you've got an experience as to how you navigated through one, what you did, um, I'd love to hear it. 877-933-2484. Martha said, I pray first and ask the Holy Spirit's guidance. Mm, always a good thing. We'll be right back. Dr. Marcus Bachman, and we had such a great conversation last time he was in studio uh, talking about tough conversations that we decided to continue 
because we had a lot of uh, people interested in hearing more. So here we are talking about it some more. And Marcus, let's uh, maybe go back to, you know, why we avoid tough conversations. Let's just... You know, it's a lot easier. It just (laughs) feels a lot easier if we understood fully the avoidance is going to catch up with us and we're going to have to pay for it and it's going to be, you know, um, some tough consequences. But, you know, at the time, we often say, I'd rather put the sheet over my head and just, I don't want to do it. I mean, uh, we we have a uh, generation that is filled, including young and old, that want to avoid. It's just a whole lot easier. And I think there's there are a lot of other reasons. I think anxiety and the fear we've had, some people have had just such a negative um you know, a a um, time of in their past of dealing with tough conversations. And so if they've been hurt, if they've been wounded, if they feel like, well, that sure wasn't successful, why would I put my head in that one again? Right. So there's, there's, there's you know, history, there's a fear factor, there's an anxiety, there's a whole sense of um, we have an assumption. You know, the other person really doesn't care about me anyway. Uh, so I've got a real negative vibe and I don't want to, I don't want to touch the bear as I know the bear growls. And uh, we just have to get over, uh, even though it, it causes vulnerability for us, we, we, we do need to understand um, there's a better way. Um, there are tools that we may need, and we also have to manage our expectations um, rather than do this avoidance. Mm-hmm. So I'm always curious, if we're going to have a tough conversation, how do I begin? Are there some ways that you can do it? I mean, I know this is such a highly personal thing because what works for one person is going to completely backfire with another person. I like what your uh, uh, listener shared with us. I pray. Uh, <laughs> That's I, gold. I, it is. It is such. Yeah, it's gold. It's. It's definitely you know beforehand, and it's not you know just a the the ten second prayer of okay Lord here goes and I'm entering the room with the with the person, I think you have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, well prepare me do a work in my heart and in my mind and do a work in the other person, and I pray that we'll be able to respectfully, um, thoughtfully, um, understand and listen to each other. Yeah, and you know depending on the relationship. Um, I think it's it's a good idea to even say, can we pray together before we start this conversation? Mm-hmm. How do you dial back the defensiveness? Uh, well, you have to do, you have to take a flashlight and you have to say, okay, why am I defensive? What 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 is there about me or about the other person? Um, and oftentimes, I think when you're asking that question, it's probably about why are they defensive? What What's causing them? And I think that, you know, it's 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 one of the oldest um, principles in the book, and that is, first of all, uh, the humility, and you guys were even talking about it earlier, uh, being humble, the understanding that I'm, I am I know that I've made my mistakes, and I'm willing to own them, and I'm willing to take uh, responsibility. And so if I, you know, first of all, if I, I, I know that I've hurt you, and if that's the case, and I've, I'm admitting that I've hurt you, and therefore... Um, I, I, I want to apologize, a proper apology, um, ask for forgiveness. I think that you'll see the walls come down. You'll at least have the opportunity for the walls to come down because, you know, I mean, I'm I'm vulnerable. I'm open here. 
I'm taking responsibility. I'm asking for my side of the fence for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and I'm willing. I, I'm willing to listen to you. That's a pretty good way of bringing down the defensive walls. Yeah, Marcus, is it important that I don't assume you can see things from my point of view? Uh, absolutely. You know, there are uh, often, uh, you know, if we're going to have this conversation, a tough conversation, and I'm going to be honest about listening, then I better understand uh, where you're coming from. And I think one of the, you know, one of the, if we can jump almost to the end, one of the summary ways of of having a good conversation that's tough at the very end is to summarize now i heard you say this i understand that you were hurt i understand that your story or your way of 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 looking at this was was this and and i if i get that other perspective that's probably not going to be my perspective. Um, and then we come to a place of, you know, what do we do with two different perspectives? But most likely, Bill, the other person, and that's how we have a conflict, see this very, very differently. Doesn't mean uh, that he or she is right. Doesn't mean that I'm 100% right. I don't know what I don't know. And so if I come into that into the conversation understanding... I've got some things to 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 um, opportunity to learn some things mm-hmm. from a different perspective. That's going to be helpful. Yeah. And how important, Marcus, is it to maybe not take a verbal attack too personally? Oh boy, is that even possible? I think so. I, I I've uh, made mention. I've I've had a, a few tough conversations in the last month, and uh, you know, even though. In, in my rule of uh, proper etiquette and conversation relationship, you know, name-calling is not okay. No. Swearing is not okay. Right. But I also recognize that that's not in everybody else's rule book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's and, not. And so, and so part of the conversation that I had with, uh, in this case, it was, uh, it, uh, well, I won't get into who it was because I can't do that on the air, but I will just say that a few choice words were given to me. And, and I, could, I could say to myself, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, that, that, that crossed the line. And there was, there was a point where I did say, you know, uh, if we're going to have a healthy conversation, I, I really need you to stop doing that. But uh, to begin with, I let that person, because I knew in order for this conversation to, to uh, for him to have his unloading um, and for us to get to the next level of understanding, I, I let him, I let that person probably for almost, I actually timed it, Bill, 25 minutes. Wow. I know. 25 minutes? Yeah. Well, they had a lot to say, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, and there there was there was a lot of emotion there. Yeah. And and the one thing that and and you know, we talk about praying and I don't listen, I I make my mistakes in tough conversations. I don't want to pretend here that I I you know, I've been skilled with, you know, because I'm a uh, I'm a professional counselor and I've I've got the training. I'm not saying that that there aren't some 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 um knives that really hurt, uh, especially when it comes to a, 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 a personal jab. Uh, but I will say that I, I, f- I really sense that I was supposed to be quiet hmm. and have that person just unload. And in that time, and again, that may not be true for, for all 
and for every situation. But in that situation, I really sense that um, being quiet. Now, I did have my turn, and I did have some strong words. Not choice words. (laughs) (laughs) I was tempted. I I was tempted. I bet. (laughs) But it it actually, at the very end, uh, at the very end, even though um, it wasn't a perfect conversation, um, there was some real resolve. And there was um, uh, a way for us to um, understand the other person and summarize it and... uh, we we came out. I would say I would say successful. Now, there's more conversations to have, mm-hmm. but uh, it was a tough conversation, and I and I sensed that I I was prayed up. I was ready. I was able to genuinely listen, and uh, even the personal attacks. I um, even though I said later on we need, we need to change this, this conversation. Uh, I I just basically let them slide off. Hmm. You got my curiosity way up. That's a twenty-five. You want, you want to know who it was? No, or? no. I mean, I'm going to ask at the break, but uh, and you better I'm tell not me. Tell, I'm oh, not telling you. I'm not, I'm not going to say it on the air. <laughs> Thank you very much. You and me. What, uh, curiosity as far as how I did that? You mean or curiosity is no as curiosity what? how you did it because twenty-five minutes of of taking you know a, a, a full the full force of somebody's criticism yeah. and if it's not in a kind spirit that would be awfully difficult yeah well i won't say that it was easy no but i will say that because i was prayed up and because i understood one of the things that the holy spirit spoke to me about was be quiet let them talk okay let them talk and and listen if that if that's your marching orders again i don't want to confuse this bill because i'm not saying everybody's supposed to do it that way i'm just saying in this particular situation i really sense that my orders, if that makes sense, my listening to the Holy Spirit was, be silent to begin with. You'll be able to share, but let him talk. That was helpful. Yeah. Were you getting, was there some gaslighting going on in that 25 minutes? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, uh, (laughs) it was, uh, you know, you know, again, I always think that when someone unloads like that, when someone has that much anger, uh, it really doesn't have that much to do with you. And mm. I think I think keeping that in mind That's helpful. Uh yeah, this is not personal. Yeah. This is there's there's often unresolved and it can happen <laughs> very early in childhood. It could be a lot of reasons. It's not my even though I'm a professional counselor, it's not my business to take care of all that. Right. In this situation, it wasn't my 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 uh, responsibility to take care of all that because I believe that's another matter for another time with another person, and uh, but we're here and we need to deal directly about this issue, and so the best way we can do that right now is let me listen, let me have you unload, and then let me talk to you about my side of the story and let's see what we can do. Yeah. Very, very helpful counsel. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. We're going to continue after a short break. We're so glad he's here. You can go to counselingcare.us to learn more about uh, Marcus and his practice. After a short break, we'll be right back.
Welcome back. So glad to have Dr. Marcus Bachman with me for the full half hour. He is the president and founder of CounselingCare.us. He will help you with your healing, and you can check it out, CounselingCare.us. We're talking about difficult, tough conversations. I think we all are wishing we were better at them, and there's things that we can learn to prepare ourselves to be better at them, and I think we touched on this a little bit in the first half hour, Marcus, but I'd really love to maybe talk a little bit more about the questions to ask ourselves before we start a difficult conversation. You know, Bill, sometimes, and we have to be really careful of this because this is um, where, where if we're not, where if we're not careful, gossip can happen. Gossiping can happen. And that is in a tough situations, sometimes it's very helpful to talk to a wise person. I'm going to have a tough conversation with so-and-so, and I need you to hold this confidential. Obviously, if they, if we're talking to someone who's going to spread it and they start gossiping, that would be, an, we've just added a new problem to our problem. But I think that there is a, there, there's, there's counsel and wisdom in someone who knows us and understands our weak spots and may even be able to give some insight into, before you have that conversation, have you thought about this? Have you considered this? Are you aware of your vulnerability in this? And sometimes talking, this is all in preparation for what I would consider is a tough conversation to have. That may be a conversation with, you know, a loving person in your family or someone you're supposed to be in a loving relationship with. It could be an employee. It could be, you know, a, a fellow co-workers. You know, why is it that I... Uh, am doing, in my mind, 70% of the work, and somehow, you know, you're on your phone and you're doing 30% of the work, or a roommate that's not doing the dishes, or, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Of what, but, but when we're talking about really tough conversations, we're usually talking about a conversation that, that is going to affect the relationship, may jeopardize the relationship. And so having counsel with another person about that conversation can have some value, just a consideration mm-hmm. of being, you know, uh, prepared for it. Yeah. So I'm thinking of maybe excuses that we might have to avoid difficult uh-huh. conversations. How about the problem will fix itself? Just give it time. <laughs> Isn't the, that's classic. Is well, it? Bill, it's almost like you're, you kind of know some things about I that I know nothing one. about Personally, this. no. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> I know. Well. Right? That, that, you know now what? Now's not the time. <laughs> Stop laughing. I'm sorry. 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 We're not talking about you. I'm just saying, you know, what's the point? It's never a good outcome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) Nice people do avoid tough conversations because because there's a sensitivity. Conflict avoidance. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, a lot of times it hasn't worked well, so why would we go there? I mean, I I know the garbage can stinks, so why am I going to put my head in it? You know, I I get that. I lived on a farm. So the the point being, um, you know, it it doesn't get better, you know, in our mind, because we don't have to deal with it for today, we may be able to feel okay today. But the truth of the matter is, 
Um, and this is the, I just think this is the grace and the love of God that um, that Jesus would bring to us. No, we're not going to just let that go. We're going to develop in you um, character. We're going to develop in you a resistance. And, you know, the outcome of that conversation, whatever the outcome is, because let's face it, Bill, not always will the outcome come pleasant. I- I'm trying to paint a picture here of give me the tools so the outcome will be more successful. But the truth of the matter is they're not always successful. And so I need to be prepared that God has given to me an understanding of his love, of his uh, um, vote, that he's voted on me, that I'm okay. And, and, and therefore, whatever outcome, God is, God is strengthening me and not having me hide, but having me deal with. And in all of that, I have developed some really good character uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. When I think about difficult conversations, Marcus, it probably involves anything that's difficult to talk about. Uh, that's, right? That's very true. It's difficult for me to ask you to borrow your car Friday night. Oh. I'm just saying that's really difficult. And for you, you don't care. Yeah, you can you can take pick the car. Right. It's no big deal. But, you know, Bill, in that case, I think it's really... See, I like the, the whole idea of being honest even about that. You start off the conversation, you can say... This is difficult for me to ask you. And even saying that, the, the next few words typically from the other person will be uh, assuring, reaffirming, or um, and even if they're not, you at least have been honest and open. There's nothing to be shameful about the fact that uh, I have, uh, this is difficult for me to bring up. Mm-hmm. Asking you to, for the car, talking about... Um, um, our our trouble in our relationship, uh, you know, asking for a raise. Yeah, money's the hardest one to ask for, right? <laughs> Why is that? I think, well, well, I hear I'm going to ask my question no, no, and answer you, it. Here we go. You ask it, then you answer it. <laughs> because asking for a raise means that I have value. Asking for a raise means that, you know what, I'm doing a good a job and I deserve rather than uh, just waiting and waiting while everybody else in my same department, doing the same thing, or even if I'm exceeding it, are getting paid more. Mm-hmm. But wait a minute. If I value who I am, and I value the the fact that uh, there is no damage in asking, wow, that puts it in a different perspective. I have value. I have worth. Mm-hmm. I can ask. But if as a child you have been told, be quiet, don't ask for anything, We'll give you what we think you want or need, excuse me, but your wants you need to be quiet about. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think as an adult, living that, getting that message, I think it would be very difficult to ask for much of anything. And it's not godly to not ask for what you want, right? Yeah. Did I say that? Did I, say I, that I, I'm, you, you, I was trying to mull through that. Okay, as you said. Yeah. yeah. It's not godly. I don't know if I want to express it that way. Um, we owe it to each other to express what we want. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me drop the godly part. Let's just say. Okay. I think it's there's wisdom in yeah. asking for what you want. Yes. Yes. You know, because a lot of people sell themselves short. They go, oh, I don't know. Yep. That's just me. Yes. I don't know if I'm worthy of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I, well, I think, well, there's a belittling, there, there's a minimizing of our value and worth. And I think, well, we know that's that's that certainly isn't anything spiritually mature. Yeah, that's true. And uh, even from from uh, you know, there's if if we if you Googled um, how to get ahead in life. Um, there'd be a whole listing uh, from a secular point of view of what would it be? You're I, worth it. And I did so, that. It said get a radio show. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> oh, Bill. Okay, Marcus, as we talk about difficult conversations, is it because we fear consequences, which is must be legitimate fear? Oh. If I say this and this blows up, I don't know if I want the consequences. Sure. But just think, you're, you're, first of all, there's a whole lot of assumptions there. And what if, okay, let's just go down that road. And I, I like the what if game. Okay, so what if that happens and it, and it doesn't work well? Okay, well, that's one way of looking at it. And will I live through that? Mm, yeah. I don't think your, your heart will stop beating. I think that the truth is uh, that was hard. Uh, and it may not it may not be successful. On the other hand, if I'm doing my part of opening up, praying, getting ready, um, having uh, realistic expectations, listening, doing the work that I need for resolve, and 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 you know what uh, what w- what would happen then? Well, actually, this could work out. Mm-hmm. There is a chance. That the Holy Spirit is at work. You see, I can pull out all sorts of tools from my toolbox, and everybody has a toolbox. And it's it's it, actually some of us are more skilled than others. Okay, that's true. Some of us need to gain more skills. I know I do. But even having that said, there are such limitations to my tools in the toolbox, and the power of the Holy Spirit can dominate a situation, can allow that situation to have a resolve. And we could actually walk away from that and say, what, 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 what happened there? That wasn't much of me. I did some of my part. But there's something much greater that just happened there. The resolve, the success, was because the Holy Spirit was at work. And that is exactly where I think God wants us to be and looking toward him and crediting him. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a pretty fun approach. Did I say fun? You did say fun. I did say I fun. I like that. <laughs> okay. I like having fun on this show. And you bring the fun, Marcus. Hey, here we go. I got a box full of it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so let's say you're having a, I know this guy who's got a neighbor with a wind chime. It, <laughs> okay. Oh, Bill, I have a wind chime, so let's keep going here. Okay. Yes. All right. And it's it's in it's this, annoying you, isn't it? Well, I know this guy who's, <laughs> who has this neighbor with a wind chime, and then you this guy can't sleep. So what what do I say to my neighbor? Uh, take sleep medication. I've, I've tried that. <laughs> How about a nice those ear, night, ear, uh, earplugs or whatever? No. A, a nice fall night, you like the window open, the breeze. Blowing in, but you hear the clanging yeah, wind yeah. chimes all night. Yeah, Should yeah, you have yeah. wind chimes in the city? Well, let, let's just. <laughs> you can have them in the farm at the country. <laughs> thank all you. All day thank long, you, Marcus. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm, now I'm starting to wonder if my neighbors are concerned. You know, I, I will say this, Bill. If someone came in and uh, was really angry and came up to my front door and, and blankety blank, get rid of the, your yeah. wind chimes, yeah. uh, you, you know what my response. Pro- mo- okay, most people's response would be. 
buy a second pair. <laughs> Cheat, you do have a carnal nature. <laughs> you have a sinful nature. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to do anything with that. But if I came, you know, with um, just an honest and and uh, listen, I I, I have I, I've got uh, first of all, sandwich it in. I, I appreciate you have some beautiful your landscaping here is really nice, Bill. I like what you've done here. You've done a re- really nice job. It's nice being your neighbor. Oh, okay. I need to share with you something that. Um, uh, you know, it's me, and um, at times I love to hear your wind chimes. I think they they have a beautiful sound. Um, the truth of the matter is, when I have my windows open at night, and I'm your neighbor, I have a great difficulty sleeping. So I'm just wondering if you know you could help me out here. If um, there might be a solution here that um, I want to be at peace with you, I want to be a good neighbor to you, and. Um, I was just wondering if you would consider um, how we could how we could address this issue. Mm. I think that versus having a loud mouth and demanding and having you know the red in my face yeah. and saying what kind of an idiot are you to have that in the neighborhood so everybody has to listen to your you know that's probably the other the, the other is going to probably work it better. Yeah. You said that so well. Do you, can I book you? <laughs> I mean, if I had you over for stew, some nice fall night, you go to my neighbor's and just say what you said. It's just beautiful. You know, Bill, I just think you need to shut your windows. <laughs> Live with uh, it. You're Live probably it. right. You're probably right. Let me take a little Manage break. Manage your expectations here. Exactly. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest from counselingcare.us. We'll take a short break and be right back, and we'll continue our discussion on uh, how to have tough conversations. Be right back. So glad to have Dr. Marcus Bachman in studio, counselingcare.us. All right, let's just make it a little relational here for a second, Marcus. And maybe you need to tell your father or your mother-in-law that you love him or her, but it makes you both uncomfortable. So it's not just one person who might be uncomfortable. It might be two people. Oh, isn't that that true? If you make an effort to do something where you say, hey, it's been great spending time with you today. I love you. All of a sudden, kapowie, it just gets real <laughs> uncomfortable real fast. Well, I'm a strong believer that um, silence or uncomfortableness is something that we need to be okay with. We just need to be okay with. I I had a, a father that didn't say, I love you. And um, here I am, the Christian counselor. And so as time went on, I thought, you know, before his passing, I really, I really should say to him, um, I love you. And so I had that conversation. 
And I, I will admit it was not an easy conversation. I felt awkward. I felt uncomfortable. And yet, um, oh, and then added to that, I, I said, um, Dad, can I have a hug from you? Oh, boy. So, yeah, I did the double whammy, <laughs> yeah. you know. you know. And he's, he stood there like a brick. I mean, like, he's never hugged me. Oh, and so boy. I said, I love you, Dad. And I hugged him. And then I'm, I walked away. And here tells you something about my self-talk. I thought, oh, that was kind of stupid. That didn't work very well. But I realized, actually, that was a negative self-talk. That was many years ago. And um, I walked away um, recognizing, you know what? I can actually do that again. And, and and I thought if I do that again and again and again, this won't be as awkward. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. So so if if we go by the fact that we're not familiar with this, I would say, well, of course we're not familiar with this. Are we going to be uncomfortable? Well, yeah. That's not enough of a good reason to do the right thing and to see where it could go with and again i don't i, I mean i don't mean to um uh, there are, there are times when it won't work out it won't lead to the other person reconciling and saying i love you and giving you a hug back but it has a it has a probability and it's interesting i think if we te- tell ourselves that truth long enough strong enough um there's not as much of an awkwardness as time goes on I think even the awkwardness can be reduced. Does that make any sense, Bill? Or is that just kind no, of like, that, no, don't that, have me do that? No, that makes a ton of sense. But I do know uh, from conversations I've had with lots of people, they've had a one-and-done experience. Yes. They tried something. They took yes. a risk. They got vulnerable. It didn't yep. work. And they yep. said, uh-uh, never doing that again. Yep. But what if, what, what if, Bill, before that even happened, they recognize, they manage their expectations to say, you know, this may not work, and that's okay. That's a smart way to approach it then, isn't it? Well, I think it's, it's a part of what we're talking about, how to prepare ourselves for tough conversations, how to prepare ourselves for a difficult a person in a tough conversation. Because if you, if you combine a tough conversation with a difficult person, ooh, I would really manage the expectations on that one. Mm-hmm. I know often if this conversation is going to have a stronger success rate. Because even if I do all the right things and there's a difficult person, a toxic person, I I still need to set my boundaries. I still need to say who I am, what what I what I am concerned about. And I'm I'm ready to handle when it doesn't work out better. But I know that if I keep at it, if I keep at it, if I keep at it. And I actually think the conversations can become shortened mm-hmm. and get right to the point. You know, you left your dishes in the in the dish in the in the sink and there's a place for them in the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And I really need you to do that because when I wake up and I see all these dishes that are yours, I just think it's important that we do our fair share. Wow. And what does Michelle say then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I Actually, that, that was one. a conversation she had, Bill, with me. But okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Bill. That was good. Uh, I was thinking back to the college here we're at. Oh. Having a college roommate, you know, and oh. 
But there, there are things that you know what. That's the other part, Bill. I think that's a really good, good um, uh, statement. Uh, some things are just not worth it, right? You know, I mean, really, are we going to really complain and and get caught up with dishes in the sink? Now, yeah. I, and listen, I know there's plenty of people that are going to now t- call in or text and say, "Ooh, what are you talking about? I've been after my." Whatever to do that for a long time, and 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 the truth is, some things are just not worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to encourage avoidance. I'm not trying to say, um, uh, you know, th- okay, then forget it. But I do think that there we have to evaluate mm-hmm. um, how important is this to me. Yeah. The the problem is, on the other side of that is, too often there are certain people that have a long list that they have just avoided. And it's and it, and then what what really is important, mm-hmm. you know, we can easily say that about the dishes in the sink, but when we're talking about integrity at work and dishonesty, and the fact is, you know, this is this is absolutely not acceptable. Uh, we do have to draw a line mm-hmm. and say we are going to have to have this hard conversation. Okay, is that fair? Yeah, it's very fair. Let's say now we have addressed a difficult conversation, and in the in the midst of this conversation. Requires an apology. Tell me, Marcus, what makes for a good apology? <laughs> uh, I love it. I think uh, first and foremost, um, there are several things. I think you have to take responsibility uh, for the damage you caused. You have to say, uh, "This is my part." I honestly, sincerely will uh, will will admit to you that I've hurt you, that I crossed a line, that I didn't do what was right. It has to. I have to take responsibility for it. And it has to be personal. It has to say, you know what? I'm not just talking here. I'm talking to you. And I know that this involved um, your feelings and how it affected your life. So it has to be personal. And uh, I think it has to be, um, with that, just heartfelt. I think the fact is, I think you can smell a skunk and if someone's just mouthing the words and they're just trying to get over the apology and make it as quick as can be. You know, when my kids were small, young, um, we taught them about how to, when they hurt each other. And, and, and that's all over the place with siblings, you know. And so they, they, they mouth the words. And I remember very <laughs> clearly I would have them say, you know, that you said the right words, but you didn't say it with the right attitude. Mm. And and maybe I, I created, you know, um, uh, theater kids in knowing how to say the words that sounded okay. But the truth of the matter is at least they understood that not only did they have to say the right apology, but be specific about it, have it heartfelt, ask for, ask for um, forgiveness, and what can I do to make it up to you? They needed to say it with an attitude that sounded very sincere. And that's our that's our that's our responsibility as parents to train and to do that. Well, that's and, everything. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? They did the requirements. So right. hey, next. I said the word. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It was it was snippets and it was quick and it was I gotta I gotta do the but you know they 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 they, they as time went on they did understand how to give a proper apology and I have to say to this day my five kids who are adults today those that have children are training their children beautiful to do the same thing beautiful yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. Uh, 
Uh, But I I want to be careful again. I don't think that um, having a tough conversation always works. Um, I want to be careful of not pretending um, there. And I'm sure the listening audience has had that. I just I just will say, but um, don't have a negative experience or a one time deal. Be your calling card for I'm not going to ask that neighbor about the wind chimes or I'm not going to talk to my spouse about something that when you neglect me in a in a in a group of uh, in a social setting and you don't even um, look at me that hurts that hurts I need you and I to be a couple when we walk into a social setting Mm -hmm. when we're in Bible study I don't want to be a single person here Mm -hmm. yeah so I appreciate Marcus that we had uh, we talked about tough conversations today but we ended on a a restorative note um, a healing note and a, a note of of being able to apologize and do it sincerely if there's been harm done. And I think that's always a good way to end. It's an excellent way to end. Yeah. I, I, and I love the, I love the involvement of the Holy Spirit. I just think uh, the Holy Spirit is just not uh, something that we read about. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. And uh, there is such power in allowing me to see things that I don't understand allowing me to say things that I didn't think of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's, there's, there's a powerful approach toward the Holy Spirit making success out yeah. of a situation. Dr. Marcus Bachman has been my guest. You can go to counselingcare.us to learn more about Marcus and his amazing staff. Marcus, thanks. Thank you, Bill. That's Always all good. That's all the show we have for tonight. I can't wait to spend time with you tomorrow. Have a great night. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.